I was off video, it was 8 a.m. I like rolled out of bed, got a coffee, and like got on this call. And I thought I was just gonna be like sitting here, kind of like being able to do some other work. And at some point I realized, oh God, like this conversation is just, it's just like, I don't know where it is. And the strategist was sort of being very quiet and, and he was just like going off and off. And I was like, I think I need to like steer this into a better direction. I realized when she sort of admitted on Slack to me, like, hey, like I need your help. I had already started suspecting like I started thinking I'm glad I'm on this call because I think she's losing control of the call and like it's kind of like over her head or whatever and so I thought to myself, like, there are some simple things that I've never like sat down and coached her on that we as a company and as managers, we don't really do this, which is like, we do a lot of training on the mechanics of our content marketing system, how to do keyword research, how to write or whatever, and like the reporting and the analytics. We don't do a lot of training on these, for lack of a better term, soft skills. Okay, Benji, I called you onto this recording with you having no idea what I want to talk about or only a vague idea of what I want to talk about. Is that correct? It is correct. Uh, yeah, I have no clue. Also, it was your birthday yesterday. Is that correct? That is okay. correct. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm going to tell you the story of what happened this morning on a call that led me to want to have this discussion about some operational issues, challenges, I don't know how to phrase it, um, operational stuff related to doubling our agency. So we were on um, a nice 8 a.m. Pacific, our time, um, content interview. So for those, if anyone's following, that's only vaguely familiar with our business, right? So we're a content marketing and SEO agency, and a big part of what we do is we don't try to come up with the ideas for what to write in the pieces ourselves like typical people do. We base it on interviews with the client so that we take what is typically like a piece that you can just tell a freelance writer like Googled around and like tried to come up with ideas. No, we want like the expertise of the founders of a particular SaaS business or something like that to be expressed in the piece. So this particular client has, um, a tricky they're, they're in like a tricky space where they have a lot of like commentary on how their enterprise customers should be like doing business in 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 like the area that their software company is in um and i can't, probably shouldn't say any much more than that it's not important and so the pieces are tricky and and we have talked about it in a previous episode but this client has had some stuff with like needing to rewrite pieces or whatever so i'm on this content interview and it's amazing. The client shows up ridiculously prepared. You could argue almost overly prepared where they have this like huge Google doc full of all these thoughts and they're just like going through it. And the, this particular guy, like he tends to sort of think about things very academically. So he's talking about just like this business theory um, about this topic and all this stuff. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, like what is going on? And I thought, now talking about like the dynamics of the operation of the business, I thought I was sort of like just kind of like 
going to be sitting off. I was off video. It was 8 a.m. I like rolled out of bed, got a coffee, and like got on this call. And and I thought I was just going to be like sitting here, kind of like being able to do some other work. And at some point, I realized, oh God, like this conversation is just like it's just like I don't know where it is. And um, the strategist was sort of being very quiet, and and he was just like going off and off. And I was like, I think I need to like steer this into a better direction. So I started taking over and being like, hold on, hold on. And I interrupted the client and I was like, let me just level set. And I did stuff that like, I don't really, I haven't really like thought much about. It was just like kind of turning it into a normal conversation that you and I do when we talk to clients in kickoff calls, in sales calls, whatever. Just being like, is this what you mean? Let me play devil's advocate. And just like bringing the conversation back to like earth (laughs) from this like 30,000 foot academic like place that he was taking it and just getting to the questions and topics that we would need to write. Um, And at some point in that process, the strategist slacked me like, hey, like I'm going to need you. I I don't understand what he's talking about or what's going on. So like I kind of need you to like start asking questions or whatever. And I could feel that. And so I'd already started asking those questions. And as this was happening or right after, I realized what when she sort of admitted on Slack to me, like, hey, like, I need your help. I had already started suspecting, like, oh, I'm glad I'm, I started thinking, I'm glad I'm on this call because I think she, this is just kind of, it, it, she's losing control of the call and, like, it's kind of, like, over her head or whatever. And the thing is, like, this is an experienced strategist. I mean, this must be her, like, eighth account or something like this she's been with us for like years and so I thought to myself like you know there are some simple things that I've never like sat down and coached her on that we as a company and as managers we don't really do this which is like we do a lot of training on the mechanics of our content marketing system how to do keyword research how to write or whatever and like the reporting and the analytics we don't do a lot of training on these, for lack of a better term, soft skills, like managing a client call, like what to do when the client just goes off in some direction and you're lost, like what the heck are they talking about? Um, And so I had two thoughts of like, one, oh God, do we need to do this? And then I immediately started thinking, well, how would I even, like this happens to be one of her weaknesses. It's not But then some other strategists may have other weaknesses. And the thought that came to my mind is, well, there was several. One, if we're really going to double our agency, so like that was in my mind because we're doing this video series and all this, then I'm like, this, I can step in now. If we had double the clients and double these kind of problems, at some point, like I can't step in. And this is like the typical thing that everyone talks about with scaling the business of like you need to eventually have the systems to take over because it can't be a business where the owner founder type just like steps in and solves all the problems. And so a part of me was like, well, on the one hand, I also just could have not been there. Like she probably could have just figured it out. And and how many most just for sake of completeness, it is actually extremely rare that you and I are on even a single content interview. Me being on this was something that I feel like hasn't happened for like two years. Content interviews, strategists handle themselves. So then the last thing, and, I'll, and I'm curious your thoughts, is I was like, well then like, what if we had almost like a Google Doc, like a 
almost like a scorecard or some Google Doc for each employee or each strategist that was like, here are their strengths and weaknesses, you know, like, or, or we had some categories, like, let's just take the content strategist role. Like we had some categories like, you know, writing ability, punctuality, holding to the calendar, like client calls, responding in time to the client, whatever it is. And like doing this. And we had almost like a scorecard of like, where are they? Like they got this, they're really good at this versus like they need work in these areas. And then detail of like what specifically, you know? And so for this strategist, it'd be like, there's like maybe some confidence to and like interrupting, like being, being confident enough to interrupt and take over a conversation, et cetera. And then we like check in every few months. And then a part of me thought, yeah, but is that just like some random corporate BS thing that like big companies would do? That's just like we would set it up and we wouldn't check it ever again. And is it just like too silly? So I just thought like I don't know the answer. And this is one of those questions that you get when you're in this position where you're like, I'm, we're going to scale the agent. We're going to double the agency where you're like, what do I do? Like, do is this just like, Davis, you're making a big deal of it? And, you know, whenever you catch these issues, like we just talk to the person, you're small enough to do that. Or is it like, no, this is a sign that these are the kind of grown up things and processes you guys might need to have in place now if you really want to double? Yeah, a couple of things. So one, I think that the weakness in interviewing is likely just a function of this specific account. Like, I don't I don't know that we could make the case that there's a weakness in interviewing across all the accounts because we've never really had this problem before. I think you being on this call was was likely a function of knowing that this account was already having some difficulties on the writing side and specifically those those issues stemmed from some of the past interviews and not not having clarity from the client in what they were trying to say on some of those past interviews, which is why you even joined this call to begin with. So. I don't know that there's anything needed beyond just kind of coaching her through this specific account, because I think if she can get, if she sees what you did on that, I think she can kind of mimic your process going forward. And I don't know if there's necessarily some additional coaching that we need to do beyond that. I think it's, I think a lot of the issues are client specific here. And so I, I don't, yeah, like I, I've never, I've never really you seen. You think it would be totally overkill to have like some kind of like document or scorecard? I, I guess it just made me think like we don't do we don't do any of that big company stuff. We don't have no. like the performance review. But I, I, we're still small enough. But I, but I, I was actually thinking about this the other day too because I think when we take any new account, what we do is we try to figure out who would be the best strategist to match what this account needs, and I think we. Because, because we've been on all the client calls and we've seen the writing and just kind of seeing all the client communication because we're still CC'd on a lot of those emails, I feel like we just generally know the strengths and weaknesses of every strategist and we can kind of help pair them with accounts that they would be best on and we can kind of just backfill their weaknesses. But I do think there's something to what you're saying that as we continue to grow, I can imagine there's going to be a role that opens up where we stop pairing every strategist on the account and there's there's someone else like the strategist coach that we had before or someone in between us and the strategist who's yeah, kind of I mean, overseeing what's... things like on a bigger picture and then then i do think having something where 
either we're conveying our thoughts of strengths and weaknesses of every single person to someone else would be very valuable. But I think at this stage, I, I think we just know that. I mean, maybe we can write it down just so we have it, but I don't necessarily know that we need to create some some new process around this, at least. At yeah, this I mean, my gut also was like, don't don't do this kind of extra busy work unless you absolutely really need it. Um, and so it's not like I did that, but a, a couple things. Number one, yeah, what you're saying at the end is where my mind's going is the word doubling is, I guess, making me stress about all of these issues more because I just think, okay, imagine if we had double the strategists and double the number of these problem accounts. Like, doesn't everything double? So if you have some percentage rate of the number of accounts that have to have me step in right now, for example, to double the agency, you have twice of those. So then I'm like, well, what, what, what am I going to do then? Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm just always been of the mindset that don't create process around something unless something's broken. No, because... I, I think in the end, I agree with you. Like, I think the answer, your answer, I think from what you just said would probably be to my question would be like, yeah, and when that happens, and when you find it's like breaking, we'll deal with it at that point. Yeah, because I feel like that's a mistake so many people make is they, they try to, okay, so we're going to double the agency, like, and and there's people of the mindset that this is what you're supposed to do. I kind of disagree with it, though. It's like, okay, create the org chart of what you need to do to get there. Like, fill those positions out. Like, what are those things? Like, I don't know. I feel like you can't really anticipate a lot of that stuff. Like, there, there's, there's definitely going to be gaps in what we can do, and we're going to need someone. But I feel like let's figure that out when we hit that that roadblock. I, I feel like it's so hard to anticipate exactly like what what the next role we're going to need is below us or when we're going to be tapped out on client calls or when we're going to be tapped out coaching people. I feel like we'll just know when we get there and then we'll, we'll need to move someone into that role. But it's so hard to anticipate like what is the, the job rec of that role? What are the specific things that we need help with? I don't know. I, I feel like every time we've tried to over-engineer something or come up with a process or game plan for how something's going to be in six months or a year from now, when you get to that point, it looks very different than what you thought in the very beginning. Yeah. I think one thing that exemplifies that is that we've had multiple iterations of like, what do we call them, manuals or process yeah, I was, was going to say that. In the that very beginning just, of... <laughs> that have just died. That no yeah, one in the very beginning of the agency, we wrote out like a 40-page process document for how to run an account. And yeah, maybe that process worked when we had three accounts, but we quickly outgrew that. And and just as you learn, a lot of the, the process changes because you get better at it or yeah, or we completely change our strategy or something like that. And so this whole process doc becomes obsolete and people didn't really use it. So like, I feel like once now we could probably create something because I feel like our process is really set in stone. But at the beginning, we were, we were like six months or a year into the business trying to create a process document for how to run an agency and, and run every single account. And we didn't have the experience that we have now. And we didn't have the set process that we have now. So no, we no, we have a process document now, even the one that Daniel created, and we still I don't know. Still we could like, survey the team. I think some sure. people kind of use it, but I feel like largely we don't. Well, maybe maybe that's a function of not having 
a new strategist that we've trained into that role in a while. I think maybe now that we have some people that are now going to step into the strategist role, those documents, yeah, those documents get used a lot more. But I, but I, but I feel like a majority of the training and coaching happens from shadowing us. And I feel like that's the best way to learn or shadowing other strategists, like people, people conveying their knowledge to other people. It's not like the, the written manual. Sure. It's, it's good as a reference point. I feel like those have a lot of the answers in there. If you need, if you need an answer quickly, you can go find it in there. But I feel like a lot of the, the soft skill building and just their expertise comes just from doing it over and over again, or seeing us communicate with clients or seeing how we email people or seeing how we report on something or watching their peers do the same thing. And that's where a lot of the, the learning comes from because I feel like it's hard to convey how to handle various situations in a document. There, there's so many random interactions that you have with clients and things that maybe haven't come up before, they haven't dealt with. And I think just understanding our principles and values and how we've handled situations in the past, I think prepare them for how to do things in the future, much more than reading some document on, I don't know, whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, th this is something that has, I can't decide whether it's something that I, w I was going to say, like, drives me crazy or also just like gives me anxiety that I'm making a mistake. This whole like document your processes, it's like this huge, what, like th thing that people say. There's like books written on it. I read that book. I probably have it over here. Oh yeah, Work the System by Sam Carpenter. You, you read this book about this guy who like, oh, he owned or bought this, um, some like call center in like rural Oregon and he like like basically ran it into oh, yeah, the ground. Yeah, I remember you told me about that. Yeah. Yeah, he runs it into the ground. He's like lying. Sometimes I don't know whether these books are just fictionalized, but for whatever, <laughs> like what's in it is that like at some point he's like literally like sleeping in the floor cuz he has no money. He he has in massive debt. No banks will loan him anything more. He doesn't have a place. He just lives in the like office, the call center, and he's like I'm just done. Like I don't know what to do. Like my life is over. I'm like in debt all this. I'm going to have to go bankrupt and all this. And, and it like dawns on him that the entire world works in a series of systems. And he's like, oh, and he creates his first system of how to cash a check. And it's like a written document. And he hands it to someone in the organization. And he was like, and I never had to deposit checks at the bank ever again. And I realized, oh my God, like now that time I get back. And so then he documents another process. And the idea is like now, it, it, there are some various like classic like business book cliches. He'd be like, he'd be like, I'm like, as I'm writing this, I'm at some like ski resort in Aspen. I'm probably getting the details wrong, but it's something like this. And like, you know, and I am skiing on a Tuesday and I just check in with the team on a one four hour call like every week. It's very like four hour work weeky or whatever. So they paint that picture. And it has this like kind of cult following, but it, there's like multiple things. Even that whole e-myth, right? The e-myth, that whole thing is like that, you know, people work in the business versus on the business and you need to document and process everything. And everyone's like, this is why McDonald's can franchise. So I can't decide whether I'm like, this is dumb. Like they're talking about businesses that like a call center, it's like, a business or, or a McDonald's, it's a business where employees are just asked to follow the exact process one step at another. So it makes sense to process it. And you can't extrapolate that advice to a marketing agency doing 
like you know strategy level things where like there's like weird situations that arise like how are you gonna you're gonna create a google doc for every random thing that a client could possibly say on a call with a with us like it doesn't seem realistic i can't decide if that is the right thinking of just like this doesn't apply and people on twitter or whatever like over you know you know people take this thing that worked for them and they like overgeneralize it to like everybody should be doing this there's like kind of that ethos or am i the idiot and actually like we should be documenting this that at seven, eight years into this, I should not be stepping into a client interview call and like dealing with this problem. This is probably something I'm going to say in every video. So I've already said this, but like it, it's a, it's a, it's a word. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know the right answer to that. I mean, yeah, maybe we're making a mistake by not document every, everything. But I just don't think that's our problem right now. Speaking of books, another book that I read a long time ago, maybe like 10 years ago. The Goal. Have you ever read that book? I think you told me about Eliyahu it. Eliyahu Goldratt or something like that. I, I mean, I don't even remember the specifics anymore, but I think what I took away from that book is is it, it, it's about a factory uh, and a, a manager coming into this factory and, and trying to figure out how to improve the operations of it. But I think what I took away from that is you need to identify where the bottleneck is and solve that problem. And, and so like, my question back is like, is, is this a true bottleneck? Like, is you spending one hour kind of going over this with a strategist, like killing our entire business or even like back at your, your point on that other book, like our business is not falling apart and like operations is not just bleeding everywhere, you know? Like, so are, is, is that truly a problem? Or is this like a one-off situation where it can be fixed by just spending a little bit more time with that person? Because I, I, I do think the coaching and the training is so valuable. And I think at this point in our business, the more that we can spend time with our team and get, to the, get them to the point where they're great in most situations, I feel like we're good. Like, yeah, there's always going to be situations where we need to step in. I, I don't think there's ever a business where you just completely run hands off until you have like multiple That's layers of say. sure but you have multiple layers of management and but okay even if it's not employee issues there's going to be other issues where the people running the company need to step in in different situations and i don't think that's ever going to completely go away so yeah how do we minimize that over time and I, and i think at this point in our business it still makes sense for us to step in and in situations show someone else how we would handle this situation. And then I think going forward, that, that shouldn't be a problem anymore. I think they learn, they learn just from shadowing us. Yeah. The flip side to that, those business books, you know, like kind of that, um, you know, have a process and then you can franchise and the owner can just like ski all day or whatever is, um, you hear the other stories of actual business owners. You hear the, like in autobiography of Steve jobs and stuff. I mean, this guy was like, in like he would like comment on a single pixel or like a screw on the and he was like no we need to change like he was like in the details i've heard about like jeff bezos with like the biggest deals or the important stuff like he's in it like he's like he's like doing part of it or at least when he was ceo of amazon or whatever or like elon musk being like anal about some you know particular product details or tech of the space shuttle or something that, he, that, that they're launching um one data point that's important of like the coaching so that I haven't told this story. So then after the call, 
um, her and I were chatting for a bit and I kind of like brought this up. I was like, you know, like we don't do this. Like, what do you think if we had like a Google doc for you, like mentioned this. And I was talking about like those particular issues for her that I think ran into this situation of just like confidence and interrupting or whatever. And she said, yeah, there may be some people on our team that'd be like, what the heck? Why is there a doc? I've been doing this myself for a while. And she's like, I'm not like, she's like, I have felt self-conscious for a while of like, you know, there are times where I'm, uh, you know, I don't have a lot of confidence in what I'm doing or whatever. I'm not sure I'm doing a good job. She's like, I would love it. Hmm. Um, yes. I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe it's just a function of asking each person on our team just where they need help or like what areas that, that they still feel like they need to work on. Because I, I, I wouldn't say that's probably true for every single person on the team. There's definitely people that feel more comfortable interviewing than others, but there's also people that feel more comfortable reporting than others or on client calls or client communication. So maybe it's just going back to like your, your document, identifying strengths and weaknesses. I mean, I I'm, I'm with you in like, I, I'm also really resistant to over-process stuff because I was totally years ago when we created these like Google docs, we even used that software guru, which is supposed to like be like all these little knowledge, knowledge base. Yeah. Yeah. Where we have like how, what to do in this situation and you can like more easily like search and find it. Cause I thought it was maybe like a, I don't know, some like U S logistic UX logistics issue that people weren't using like the Google docs manual. And I was like, okay, guru, you can just, there's like a Slack integration. And if anyone had a question, we could be like, here's the guru card for how to do this in GA or something like that. And then we paid a bunch of money to Guru and like eventually no one used it ever. This has happened at every single company I've been at. Like the, the first job really? that I had. Even we, bigger yeah, one? Yeah, we had, okay, it was like a hundred plus person, a hundred million dollar company and we had a knowledge base that was built internally. And, and there had to be training teams that would just tr like tell employees, go look here. Like no one wanted to use it. So they spent all this money building this out and all the information was in there. But like, yeah, sometimes answers to questions weren't in there and it was just annoying. Like, okay, you had a simple question instead of just going to your manager or something like that, or someone who had the answer, there was like, Oh, just go in here and go search for it. And it was just, it was such a pain and no one wanted to use it. And so I don't know, maybe that's like, maybe it is over engineering stuff. I definitely think it's worth having some big picture processes written down, but like a lot of the detailed stuff, I think it just comes from experience. It comes from handling different situations. Like the people who've been with us a long time, who've dealt with multiple different types of accounts and different personalities and that kind of stuff. I feel like they're pretty good handling almost any situation that comes up just because they've seen more than other people. And I don't think that experience can be really conveyed in some written document, even, even if we show different examples of emails and how we've responded and stuff, it's, it's so situation dependent that I feel like it just comes from experience. I almost wonder if internally though, like it would help me since I'm a big picture person to just have like my own list of the strategists or your and my like list of them and just be like, which, which ones still need work on what, but you're right. Like the other reason I kind of agree with you here is like, as I'm talking through this from the employee experience side, which is important to both of us that we're providing a good experience. Like, would you rather work at a company where when you have questions about how to do your job, what the right thing to do is you can go and talk to 
the founders or the managers and have a conversation, have a Zoom call, have a Slack conversation, or you have to like search in this giant Google Doc manual. Like the latter just seems like a very like non-human, non-personable, like it's just not a fun place to work, right? It's that, like so corporate. Well, and I feel like as a remote business too, it's still having that element where you can learn from other people is important. Like, like in person, you're so used to just walking over to someone's desk and saying like, here, I have this problem. How do I solve it? And it's like a five minute conversation. And then being remote, like how do you, how do you mimic that same experience? I think you just have to be open to being there for other people, whether it's on Slack or, I mean, if someone asks us a question, we're pretty quick at responding. And I think having that dynamic where someone can come to us and, and ask questions and get an answer, hop on a zoom or ask for a loom video response, I feel like that's kind of the same as mimicking that in person, the, the same the same interaction that you'd have with someone in person and, and trying to then just tell someone like, go look in this doc and have it not be personal and not not adding the situation. Right, like the, the doc will for, always not be good enough. Cause like yeah. when it's, you know, you know, this is making me think, what I should consider this then to make myself feel better is, there are some companies who invest in just they invest more of their budget in like customer support staff to where when you call, you just talk to a human immediately. Like we had some issues with our PEO, our HR software just works recently, but to their credit, I can reach a human at just works instantly. I could call right now and like get to a human. It's awesome. Like they have a knowledge base and all, but they've just like, you can call them, you can chat with them, you can email. And like, when I was like, this is annoying me guys. Like this is, this is becoming an issue. Multiple people hopped into the thread and were like, like we're taking care of this or whatever. And so that's just a better customer experience. And so I wonder if that's how I should view this. Like we as an organization are going to, we're not going to do that call center like a series of big process documents. That's not how it runs. And we're going to invest whatever it is, whether it's right now your and my time, and then later maybe it's like an employee. So it's like salary that we have to invest. But we are investing in like a human-to-human -human way of training. Yes, there's documentation for the mechanics of like, you know, like the GA report or whatever. Sure, you can document that. Like, go here, click this to do this attribution report or something like that or whatever, right? And we yeah, have we, we have documents. Like, how yeah. to send an invoice. Like, there, there's just, like, things that don't really change that I th and that aren't situation dependent. It, it's going to stay the same all the time that we have documents for. But I think a lot of the client management stuff, it is very situation dependent to the client. And so I feel like just being accessible to those people is probably the best answer and I and I think I don't know if there is one right answer so it, yeah like some of those books and the process there might have worked for those businesses and that's and there's certain things that they cared about culturally I think we just have a different way that we want to run our business and interact with people and it's and set a different culture and and I think that's important for us to choose what makes sense for our own business versus trying to copy some best practice that some other business use because maybe they just don't have the same principles. Maybe they do want to completely remove themselves at that stage. There's just, there's different factors that weigh into the decisions that they made. Yeah. I think the other analogy is the other big picture thing that I think is be careful applying business advice from businesses that are not the same as yours in whatever aspect. And I think that applies here. Like, 
that story was of a call center. Your story was of a factory, right? The e-myth thing, wasn't it, of like a bakery or something like this? And I read another little like story-based book thing about process that was like, um, that one actually was a creative agency, but then it, they turned it into like a logo, only logos. But I don't know if like, if you take something that's like a really hard thinking type business like McKinsey, do they, do, do their consultants, are they trained by like a document? I, I don't know. <laughs> I would say probably for some business like that. I don't know. I, I like just maybe, assume that like, they're so corporate that they have like some big manual. And when you get there, they're like, here, learn everything you need to, to do about consulting. Yeah, like, I mean, like I don't maybe, know how their business like, works. But... I bet you if you talk to, and actually I should, I have some friends that worked at BCG, in fact, um, and, and maybe I should ask them, but like, I imagine there is a manual, but they would probably all be like, dude, like the majority of the learning was from being a junior consultant with the senior ones on actual client accounts. And that's how that stuff works. Yeah. So if I, if I just think back to like me learning in my career, just at every job that I've had, it's, it's been coached by someone else. Yeah. Sure. Taking courses and stuff here and there, but it, it's really been someone spending the time with you to teach you how to do something. And then, and then you applying the learnings and then adjusting from there. It's always been from getting the actual experience. It's never been from, I don't know, like reading a book or doing anything like that. I think books are great because they give you different ideas or, or ways to think about solving problems in a different way that you maybe haven't thought of. And even from these books, like the goal or the ones that you're talking about, it's not ever like I'm reading a book and then being like, Oh, I'm going to apply this exact process to what we're doing. It's always like there's one, one or two big ideas or, or yeah, there are ways that maybe things that you didn't think about that you can take and then not even apply exactly, but kind of just take the idea and then figure out how to apply it to your own situation or own business. And so, yeah, I feel like a lot of people just try to take these books or advice and use that as the playbook for how to do things exactly. And that's where it breaks down. And I think we just have to adapt things to our own culture and our own way of doing things. No, I actually did that. Like from that book, this is this is actually really embarrassing. But since half of this is probably entertainment for people, I can tell it so they can laugh at me. This God, this is so embarrassing. So that book. It gets like almost kind of woo-woo-y at some point. And he's like, he's like, he's like, and the ultimate process doc. Again, I'm like remembering from years ago. So I apologize if someone's read it recently, read it recently. And there's like, Davis, you're not right. But it's something that's like, and the ultimate document was like our strategic objectives or something like this. Like he basically argued at some point, the number one thing guiding all of this is that you need to be clear on um, just like, the purpose of the business and whatever. So he's like, the number one document you need to create first is your like, you know, like you're like, what, why does this business exist and your strategic? And I think I, God, do I have one for Grow and Convert that was so bad? I was like so embarrassed I didn't show you or I might have done it for Growth Rock. But like, I think I created one once and just the act of writing it, I was like, I was like, this is so dumb. Like, I just felt like not myself. And I was like, how is this going to solve my problems? When you're early on and you just feel like nothing is working or you're just like drowning in client issues and you hired some people. Like, I was in that situation at Growth Rock. Is like, I had like hired someone and we were doing CRO and A-B testing and it's really hard to do it. And it was like, always it needed my knowledge of like, what do you do in this test? And I was like, 
how do I like convey this? And I like, I was like, this is the business book people are talking about. And so I like tried to do it. And I was like, this is so stupid. Like, this is not going to solve my problem. But I think what you're saying is right. Is like, you need to be careful of, of not, I don't know, like you read some of these books, you need to be, you, you need, you need to realize that they are kind of selling an idea in a book. And like, there is an incentive when writing those books to make it seem like your idea is more universally applicable than it actually is because you want to like try to make it seem grandiose. And so you need to be very careful that like this happened to work. First of all, a lot of the details might be embellished. Second, this happened to work for this guy in this situation or whatever. And like you, you need to use your common sense, like multiple lessons in our journey have taught me like in the end I like had, I think I tweeted this once, like I have an instinct. And then I like second guess it and I'm like, no, no, let me do the proper thing. And then you go through a bunch of pain and suffering because that didn't work. And then you're like, end up, you're like, I should have just done that instinct thing. Like that was right at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many people have been able to replicate the four hour work week? Perfect example. Great book, yeah. entertaining. Right. Like right. how many people actually have built yeah. a, 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 like a large business that they run on four hours a week? It's right. like, yeah. how many people do you know that do this? And the, I, I don't know anyone who personally does this. And then on top of that, I think the only ones I hear of doing it is like someone who has bought some business. Like we were just talking about before this call, like someone bought an HVAC business or whatever. And like that, the business came with a bunch of staff that was doing it anyways. Um, anyways, all right, that helps. I've definitely had a lot of anxiety about this this morning, but hopefully it can help other people that are also like, uh, should I formalize things? I mean, it's a discussion that I think we'll probably just keep having. Yeah, I agree. Well, it's, it's always funny. I think these conversations are just like the, the things in the back of the, your, your head that you often don't get to voice are just like, how do I deal with a specific situation? So hopefully it's interesting to other people. If you like this video, don't forget to subscribe. You can also get the audio only versions of these shows wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us at growandconvert.com newsletter for any articles and updates for when these videos come out.